Hey, good morning, and uh, welcome, everybody. Welcome to River Glen. Uh, those of you who are joining us here in, in Waukesha, those of you joining us in Pewaukee and online, uh, wherever you might be, we're just delighted that uh, you made us part of your day uh, today. Today we begin a new series called Me and My Big uh, Mouth, because words make such a big impact in our lives. And some of you, maybe you're interested in joining a small group, got an opportunity coming up for you. Uh, we're starting a new group on Thursday nights, both campuses at 630 just show up at the fireplace, and uh, you can talk through and, and uh, uh, go deeper into this series, Me and My uh, Big uh, Mouth. Well, did you know that the average person has 30 conversations a day? And the average person says 18,000 words a day, which is the equivalent to about a 60-page book every day. We talk a lot. Uh, and I look around the room, we've got some high achievers in here. Some of you maybe take that up, you know, 25,000, 30,000 words a day. But whether you talk a lot or a little bit, I think we have a tendency to downplay the power of our, of our words. We speak so many words, and we think, oh, it's okay to slip up. It's no big deal. Reminds me of making popcorn. I like to make popcorn, and I should probably be more careful, but there are usually, uh, usually a few seeds end up on the floor, some seeds go unpopped, and I just put them all... In the, uh, in, the, in the garbage, because there's just so many uh, popcorn seeds, and we can speak so many words that we become careless with our words. But take a look at this verse. This is really the, the theme verse for this brand new series. It comes from Proverbs chapter 18, and it says, the tongue has the power of life and death. Our words, Solomon says, have the power to give life or to take it. And so today we begin talking about the words that we say and the words that we listen to. We might think these words are harmless. Everybody does it, but they're actually very destructive. Today we begin by talking about uh, gossip. And to uh, get us thinking about gossip, I, uh, I want to start with a little bit of a trivia question. I brought along the, in this bag the four top-selling chocolate candies. Four top-selling chocolate candies. And uh, anybody want to guess? Take a guess at which one is the, uh, the, the top-selling candy, chocolate candy. Yeah, you can just say it out loud. What was that? Reese's? Close. Hey, yeah. M&M's right there, number one. Number one by far. Anybody like M&M's? Hey there. Oh, there you go. Uh, number two, uh, right there, the Hershey. Hershey bar. Anybody like Hershey? Here you go. And uh, number three, I think somebody mentioned Reese's. Hey, yeah, here you go. Nice catch. Good, good. Number four, we actually handed out to you on your way in. It's the uh, Hershey's Kiss. So go ahead and take that out, would you? But don't open it up. Don't open it up. All right, I want you to just hold on to it and uh, maybe put it up by your nose and just take a whiff of that. And uh, the reason I'm talking about chocolate candy and I'm torturing you a little bit here is because of this verse in Proverbs 18. It says, the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the innermost parts. Isn't it true? I mean, gossip is so alluring. Gossip just tastes so good to us. It's like your favorite piece of candy. Yeah, that's the biblical picture of uh, gossip. We've all been drawn into conversations. Maybe you're in a conversation, ordinary conversation, and then somebody says, hey, did you hear about so-and-so? No. What did they do? What, what happened? And it's like, a, it's like a choice morsel. It's like a piece of your favorite candy. You can go ahead and eat that uh, Hershey's Kiss. You can go ahead and eat your uh, candy. A good way for me to illustrate it, me personally, is uh, right here with these uh, peanut M&Ms. Now, I'm not giving these away, okay? These are, these are mine. I'm saving this for later. 
I, these are like, these are my favorite choice morsels right here. I, I can't have these around. I mean, I can't just eat with just one. I can't stop eating them. And, and that's what gossip is like for us. You know, it's like, really? They did that? And then what'd they do? You know, I've heard it said that gossip can actually travel around the world and back before the truth uh, gets out of bed and puts its pants on in the uh, morning. Especially in our social media world where just one push of the button and everybody knows about it. And the funny thing about gossip is the more it gets shared, the more it changes. The more it gets uh, shared, the further it is from the truth. Kind of like the old telephone game. Remember the telephone game? Some friends of ours at another church made a little video of, of children playing the telephone game. Take a look. It's time for the whisper game. You ready? This is a really long car ride. This is a really long car ride. This is a really long car ride. This budget meeting stinks. Stinky trash can. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it, how gossip starts out and it changes more and more as it gets uh, shared. It started out as a a budget meeting and it ended up as a stinky trash can, which really isn't that far from the truth. I've been in some budget meetings that got stinky. Sometimes, you know what, we think of gossip as a childish thing. Maybe it's something that we did in middle school. It's not a big deal. You know, it's not really harmful. Uh, but if you've ever had someone gossip about you, regardless of your age, you know the pain that it can inflict. Proverbs 16 says gossip separates the best of friends. Maybe you lost a friendship because of gossip. Maybe gossip divided your family. Maybe somebody shared something about you they shouldn't have shared, and it really embarrassed you. Maybe you've watched a church get damaged or destroyed by gossip. Gossip is not a laughing matter. It hurts because those rumors just sink so deep into our our hearts. So let's go ahead and uh, define gossip, and then we'll take a look at what God has to say about it. I want to show you a definition. This comes from a pastor named Rick Warren. He says, when we are talking about a situation with somebody who's neither part of the problem or part of the solution, then we are probably gossiping. It's an interesting perspective, isn't it? He says, when we're talking about a situation with somebody who's neither part of the problem nor part of the solution, we are probably gossiping. And it may not seem like a big deal to us, but take a look at what God's word has to say about this. In, in Proverbs, it, there's this list of things that God, it doesn't say he just doesn't like them, okay? He hates them. And in this list of things that God despises, notice it says God uh, despises a false witness in verse 19 who pours out lies and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. In other words, God detests gossiping. God cannot stand gossiping. And so I asked myself, why would gossip make a short list of things that God hates? And I'm not 100% sure, but this might be one reason. I don't know about you, but people can gossip about me and it hurts. But in my line of work, it's, it's part of it. I don't, I don't like it. But, uh, you know, I tolerate it. It, it. it just happens. But if someone, if someone gossiped about one of my kids, even if it's true, 
Oh, that would fire up my anger. That would really hurt my heart. And if you think about it, every time we gossip, every time we talk about someone else in a negative light, who are we talking about? One of God's children. And maybe that's why God finds it so offensive. Another reason I think God hates it has to do with our motivations. I mean, why is gossip so alluring to us? Why, does it, why is it choice morsels, you know? Why is it so delicious for us uh, to talk about? If we're honest, gossip feels good because when somebody else looks bad, we feel a little better about ourselves. And sharing gossip makes us feel important and elevated and powerful. <clears throat> and when we listen to juicy gossip about somebody else, it entertains us. I read every verse to prepare for today. I read every verse I could find about gossip in the, in the scriptures. I could not find one good reason to, to, to gossip. And, and maybe that's why God hates it, because it exposes the darkness in our hearts. This scripture surprised me. Paul writes this list of sins in Romans uh, chapter, Romans chapter 1. And uh, we might think of gossip as a lightweight sin. We might think of it as an acceptable sin. But Paul lumps gossip in with this list that includes things like greed and murder and, and hate because gossip hurts God's children and it exposes the darkness in our hearts. And so after reading these verses, I broke it down into three questions that I want to share with you that will help us identify gossip so that we can replace it with words that give life. Here's the first question. Ask yourself, is my conversation helpful or hurtful? Would you repeat that with me? Both campuses. Let's say this together. Ready? Is my conversation helpful or hurtful? This comes from a verse written by Paul in the book of Ephesians. Paul, had, had before he started following Jesus, Paul used the meanest and the cruelest words to hurt Christians. But then Paul saw the light. And he started following Jesus. And look at the way that it changed his mouth. He writes, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Notice the strong, powerful language that Paul uses here. This word unwholesome in the original language, we, we, this comes from the word sepo. We get the English word septic. From this word. Paul says, when we gossip, those are septic words. They are decaying, rotten, putrid words that take life rather than give it. And notice how God responds. Only time in the scriptures that we find God described as grieving and feeling sorrow. And why is it? It's because of gossip. And so Paul tells us, here's where you draw the line. Ask yourself, is my conversation helpful or hurtful? Now, I know I have to be very careful as a Jesus, Jesus follower and as a pastor to avoid gossip. And uh, I'm not really proud of this, but uh, this is a growth area uh, for me. And it's just so easy for me to, to disguise gossip. For, for example, one way that I uh, disguise it is that if I'm being real honest, sometimes I catch myself in conversations uh, doing what's called the compliment sandwich. And this is where, you know, I'll say something nice about someone, and then because I said something nice, I'll just freely gossip about them, and then I'll say something nice about them. I'll compliment them to feel better about myself. Compliment, gossip, compliment. I don't know if you've ever done this, but, for example, maybe somebody might ask me about another pastor. Hey, Ben, uh, what do you think about pastor so-and-so? And I'm like, oh, yeah, he's a great guy. I like him. I 
I'd never teach the way that he, I don't like the way he teaches about this particular subject. And I would never spend my money the way that he spends uh, money, but he's a great guy. I like him. Compliment, gossip, uh, compliment. Or maybe two girls have a conversation about a third girl behind her back. You know, one girl says, hey, what do you think about so-and-so? And the other girl says, oh, she's sweet. I love her, but her mom buys her everything. She bought her a car. She pays for her college. She even gave her her, her own uh, credit card. But I love her. Bless her heart. She's so sweet. You know, uh, it's so easy, isn't it, to just insert some gossip between compliments, but that's not helpful. That's hurtful. Here's another way that we disguise gossip as, as Christians. Prayer time in small groups. And, and some of you know what I'm, I'm, ta- I'm talking about. You know, toward, toward the end of the meeting, maybe the leader says, all right, so, uh, you know, who do we need to pray for tonight? And it just turns into a gossip session. Someone says, you know, I'll tell you who we need to pray for, sister so-and-so. You ought to hear what she is doing. She's been staying out late at her boyfriend's house. I saw her car there late last night. I went back at 3 a.m. and it was still there. I went back at 7 a.m. and her car was still there. She is shacking up with her boyfriend and we need to lift her up and pray. We need to pray for God to heal her. We need to pray for, for her to come to her senses. I just, I just can't stand it when someone displeases the Lord like, like sister so-and-so. So, so, so let's talk about her for the next hour you know, and then we don't have time to pray for her. We, we can disguise gossip in many ways, but it's not helpful. It's very hurtful. But here's what people will do. Sometimes they'll push back and they'll say, but it's true. Her car was there. I'm just telling it like it is. And if it's true, it's fair game. But Paul doesn't say the line of delineation is true or untrue, but rather helpful or hurtful. I've heard it said this way. Everything that gets said needs to be true, but not everything that is true needs to be said. Everything that gets said must be true. But not everything that is true must be said. Paul says, ask, is it helpful or is it hurtful? All right, here's the next question. Am I making private matters public? Am I making something that should, have been kept in, that should be kept in confidence public? Proverbs 11 says it's foolish to belittle uh, one's neighbor. A sensible person keeps their trap shut. That's my translation. And then it goes on. A gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy, those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. Am I making private matters public? You ever confided in someone and that person shared something they shouldn't have? Maybe it was something as simple as a secret crush. And uh, when that secret crush, you know, got out, I mean, it was painful because that was the death of that crush. But what was even more painful for you was the betrayal of the trust of a friend. Or maybe it's something more significant. Maybe you confided in someone about an addiction in your life. Maybe an addiction to a substance or an addiction to pornography or whatever it was. And you found out they, what they shared. And you know what? It actually, it set you back in your ability to overcome that addiction. You just feel so guilty and publicly embarrassed. And it just deepens your struggle. You know, I heard a pastor tell a story about this, this Husband in his church committed adultery on his wife, and it was tragic and painful. But by God's grace, he was very repentant. And his wife began the process of forgiving him. And they got to a point where they shared about it with their small group. They opened up uh, thinking it would help them in the process of healing their marriage. 
And it did. The wife was healing even more. But then someone in the group thought that she needed to tell somebody outside the group about it, even though they said, don't tell anyone. She told someone just to have them pray. And this person went on Facebook and told all of her friends to pray. And when it went public, this betrayed wife broke down. She felt humiliated and too embarrassed to go out in public. She ended up divorcing her husband. But according to their pastor, the marriage wasn't killed by adultery. You know what? It was killed by gossip. They were on the road to healing. They were on the road to recovery. We We have to be careful especially in our social media world today. It's easy to think just because somebody emails you or texts you something that you can forward it or or copy and and paste it and send it out. But if it was something that was meant to be private and you make it public, that is really a form of gossip. I mean, none of us is going to get on the phone and call 300 of our closest friends to tell them about something. But that's that's what we're doing by posting something on Facebook. Am I making something private? public. Two reasons why this is so important. Number one is to protect that other person. You don't want to hurt that other person. Number two, it's important to protect your own reputation. Look at Proverbs 25. When arguing with your neighbor, don't betray another person's secret. Others may accuse you of gossip. Look at this. You will never regain your good reputation. See, when you gossip about someone, you're not only hurting that other person, it's hurting you. You lose your reputation. I mean, nobody looks at you when you share choice morsels and thinks, oh, I want to be like that person. No, they will stay away from you. They will stop trusting you. Don't make private matters uh, public. Here's the third question. Am I permitting others to gossip? Proverbs 17 says, wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Or you could say this. You could say, if you listen to gossip, you are wrong. You are doing wrong. Because if you think about it, gossip is a two-way street. For there to be a gossip speaker, there's got to be a gossip listener. I mean, nobody gossips to themselves, right? That would be pointless. And, and uh, someone has to receive the gossip. And sometimes this is where we fail. Sometimes this is where I fail. I'm not the one speaking the gossip, but I listen to it. But if you listen to it, you participate in it. You are an accomplice to the crime. Uh, you, because what you permit, you promote. If you permit it, you promote it. And if somebody will gossip to you, you know what else they will do? They will gossip about you. And so I think these three questions help us identify uh, gossip. Is my conversation helpful or hurtful? Am I making private matters public? Am I permitting others to gossip? So, but after identifying it, what do we do about it? How do we overcome gossip? I want to share with you two ways, two very practical ways that will help us overcome gossip. Here's number one, guard your ears. you got to guard your ears. When I studied for this message, I came across this article. I I came across it. It was from a uh, psychology magazine. And the article said that they can stop gossip with one question. You can stop gossip going on around you with one question. And I just felt intrigued. I'm like, what? You know, what what is the question? What is that one question? Well, the question is this. Why are you telling me this? Why are you telling me uh, this? Isn't that a good question? Now, you don't have to be mean about it. You don't have to be harsh about it. Why are you telling me about about this? 
Okay, I mean, you don't have to get in somebody's face about it. You can just ask, you can just ask them, hey, why are you telling me about this? The article went on to say that this question will cause the person to stop and take a mental inventory of why am I choosing to say this right now? It's a good question. But some of you, you're like, well, that's a good question, but it's a little too combative for me, a little too direct or confrontive for me. I don't think I could really say to someone, you know, why are you telling me this? So let me also give you a little softer approach with a slightly different question. Just ask this. Hey, have you had a chance to talk to so-and-so about this? A little softer approach. Have you had a chance to talk to so-and-so about this? Because most of the time, they're going to say, hmm, no. Well, then maybe you need to talk to them about this matter. Maybe that's your next step, right? Do you know where this question, uh, th- this question actually comes from? Jesus. This came from Jesus in Matthew chapter 18. Jesus talks about conflict between two people. And he says, listen, what you need to do is you need to go privately and speak to the person that you have a problem with. And when you do this, maybe they'll listen to you and resolve it. And then guess what? You've won them back. You've you've resolved the problem or the conflict. And so this is actually something that Jesus taught. And so when you ask the question, have you had a chance to talk to so-and-so about this? You're helping someone to follow Jesus. You're helping someone to be more like Jesus and to stop gossiping and, and go to the person, talk to the person in question, right? And if somebody just continually gossips, despite your efforts to redirect them and help them, maybe the, it will come to a point where you will choose to spend less time with that person. Proverbs 20 says, a gossip goes around telling secrets, so don't hang around chatterers. Maybe you don't need to hang around this person if they continually gossip to guard your ears. That's the first way, guard your ears. Here's the second way to overcome gossip. Close your mouth, because our words really do have astonishing power. And so I wanna teach you a Bible verse today. I'm gonna read it to you, and then I want us to say it together. I think this verse will help us, not just with gossip, but all these issues that we're gonna talk about in this series. It comes from Proverbs chapter 21, and it says, uh, watch your tongue, keep your mouth shut, and you'll stay out of trouble. Watch your tongue, keep your mouth shut, and you will stay out of, out of trouble. All right, ready? I want you to say this with me. Now it's your turn, both locations. Help me out on this. What are we gonna do? Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. Again, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. One more time. Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. And congratulations, some of you, you just memorized your first Bible verse right there. Way to go. And maybe that's the verse that you, that you needed today. It's a great verse. Great verse. But here's the problem with this verse and the other verses that we've looked at today. Nobody can do these 100% of the time. We don't have the, uh, the, 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 the power to obey these 100% of the time on our own. I mean, the title of the series is My Big Mouth, right? We all got one. And it's so big that we can't control, us, control it. That's why the problem with gossip is not really our big mouth. The deeper problem is our, is our broken and sin-stained heart. That's the root problem. That's why Jesus said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And that's why gossip is like this right here. It's like choice morsels. Yeah, because it sinks deep within our sinful hearts. That's why it's so uh, delicious to us. That's why it's so 
alluring is because gossip makes this statement. Gossip claims, I am strong because they are weak. But the gospel of Jesus, the good news of Jesus proclaims, I am weak, but he is strong. See, we share gossip because if I can just take a moment and talk about somebody else's lack of fashion sense, talk about somebody else's problems, talk about somebody else's addiction, talk about somebody else's marriage problems, then I don't need to talk about mine. And if I could just push somebody down, I could step over them, and I could feel a little better about myself. Gossip claims I am strong because they are weak, but the gospel, the good news about Jesus, proclaims I am weak, but Jesus is, is strong. And when we recognize who we really are in Jesus, it begins to change our heart. When we realize that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, according to Psalm 139, and we are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, according to Ephesians chapter 2, it'll begin. It begins to change our hearts. When we realize, you know what, I don't have to put other people down to feel valued and important and, and loved and accepted because I am loved unconditionally as I am by the creator of the universe. And when I realize that Jesus not only gets a hold of my heart, Jesus gets a hold of my mouth. I can go from gossiping about other people to speaking words of truth and life and love because I don't need to be better than you. I just need to help point you to the one who makes me better, and that is Jesus. Really, the best way to overcome gossip and the best way to overcome these other issues that we're going to be talking about. By the way, next weekend, we're going to talk about criticism And then the week after that, Thanksgiving weekend, we're going to talk about complaining. It's going to be a great series that will help all of us. And uh, I hope that you'll be here. Don't miss it. And uh, bring somebody with you because the best way to overcome these issues is the gospel of Jesus. Gossip claims, I am strong because they are weak. Jesus, the good news, proclaims, I am weak, but he is strong. And uh, if you want to find out more about Jesus, or if you just want to talk to somebody about your relationship with Jesus today, stop at the Connect Wall after the service. We would love to to talk with you and try to be of help to you. Maybe some of you are interested in baptism. We do baptisms by immersion or submersion. You go under the water with your whole body to beautifully symbolize that you're given your heart, you're given your mouth, you're given your life to Jesus. And Jesus not only cleanses you, he begins to change your heart. And that changes everything. we got a baptism weekend coming up in, in four weeks on, on December uh, 8th and 9th at uh, both campuses. Just fill out the baptism card in the seat back in front of you and drop that off at the uh, Connect Wall. If you have any questions, stop at the Connect Wall. We'd love to uh, talk with you. Now, I want to ask everybody, I want to ask everybody at uh, both campuses, would you please stand with me? Would you please stand for closing prayer? God, thank you for this new series. Thank you for helping us realize that you take words very seriously. Not because you're a God of rules, but because you know the power of words to give life or take it. I pray that you'll help us grow in this area as a community of people and as a church, that we would give life and build each other up with our words. And most of all, I pray that we would just reach up to you and just cry out, God, change my heart. Because it's the only way to really change our mouth, by having you change our heart. God, thank you. Thank you for making it even possible for us to have a new heart, a heart that beats with your heart. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.